Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. When we heard that 2001 would be their last camp, it was just like we were one sad bunch of Chicago Bear fans. We actually have posters that say, and I'm looking at one on my wall right now, it says Chicago Bears, forever part of Platteville's history. And Bourbonnais is going to be able to say that from here until eternity. That's the voice of Kathy Kopp of the Platteville, Wisconsin area Chamber of Commerce. This is WBBM's In-Depth, where we take a deep dive into a story we're telling on the air. I'm Cisco Kodu. This week we're talking about the Bears moving their training camp from Bourbonnais to Hallis Hall starting this summer. The move coincides with renovations at Hallis Hall, pretty significant ones. Those were completed in August. It marks the end of an era for both the Bears and their fans. The team has held camp at Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbonnais for 18 years. That comes after practicing at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville from 1984 to 2001. Now training camp will be held much closer to home. We will talk about the community that stands to benefit, Lake Forest. We'll also talk about what it's like when the Bears leave a community behind in changing training camp locations. Let's begin, though, with exactly what's going on at Hallis Hall and what's behind the move. The voice of the Bears, Jeff Joniak, joins us. Jeff, let's start with... The fact that so many teams for so many years did this where they would go somewhere in the middle of nowhere to some college, way away from town, several hours away. What were they doing there? Why do you escape the city? Team bonding. You know, you got a controlled environment. You got the guys with uh, uh, team meetings basically all day and then double day practices and then curfew at 11 o'clock and get up and do it all over again for an extended period of time. In many cases, it was six weeks but those days are long gone. You got one one practice, basically, you know, a day, and then you have walkthroughs that are later on in the afternoon, and the bulk of it is team meeting. So you can do that at your own facility. Um, there is less and less availability for fans to watch practice live um, for a variety of reasons. There's a competitive reason to it because once you open up practice to um, the fans and you're not charging admission – you know, anybody, any scout can come and sit in the stands. They'd never be known. So they could be taking notes. Uh, and I know that sounds ridiculous to the average Joe, but that's how competitive the NFL is. Well, in, in an environment in which we find out that video is often used inappropriately in a variety of sports, yeah, I, I think it's a yeah. fair worry for teams. Right. So that, you know, I think over the last, I'd say, five to seven years, maybe even a little bit longer, you know, that it's been a – it's been a thing that's changing drastically. So I believe now there's going to be 25 of 32 teams that are not going away. And there was a financial component, too, because, you know, schools were clamoring to get these teams. And uh, it became a big business for them and a reconstruction of their own campus. They took their capital improvements from some of the, the expenses that they incurred from the Bears and just from people going and spending money in their towns. 
Talk about the, you mentioned bonding. What about just getting rid of distractions? Was that an element of it too, just kind of get away from the norm? No, I don't think so. I, I think this is solely uh, the Bears' major investment in the reconstruction of Hallis Hall, the big addition of Hallis Hall. And if you've not been there and if you've not seen pictures, if you've not seen videos, I, I, I essentially live in that building. It is a castle. It is a palace at Hallis, and it has every possible asset available for a player to be successful or to stay healthy or to manage whatever injuries he has. And you can't move everything. You know, training camp is a very stressful and at times it may seem almost unnecessary task to load up all that equipment, and it's a lot, and you move it back and forth because you're going to camp, then you're going to Soldier Field for a practice, and there's a lot of man hours that are being used, and it's not just about the players. This is about the equipment staff. This is about the video football operations staff, and you kind of take that all away now because you're at your own facility. You're at the headquarters, and, and really there's nothing that they're wanting right now. You name it, they've got it. They can utilize different training methods there. They've got aspects that is not available to them at Olivet Nazarene or any college campus. And if you have that, you have essentially a state-of-the-art facility, why in the world wouldn't you want to train there? No, you got there's got to be a return on investment, too, and it's not just wins and losses. This is supposed to help that to that end. Uh, but, you know, in the bigger picture, you're you're utilizing your greatest resource, and that is your building right now. It's awesome. You're going to have players sleeping in their own beds. Is there a benefit to that as opposed to just some dorms or, or hotels or whatever the accommodations were? You know, that, that's yet to be determined because I don't know if that'll be the case. You know, there, there's there's uh, all kinds of possibilities for what they're going to do to house house everybody and how this is all going to work because they, they still have – it's a long day. Every training camp day is a long day, and it's not that part of it can't change uh, for the players and the coaches – there, there's a lot of meeting time. There's more meeting time than there is actual on-field activity. So, you know, that's a big component of it, too. You want to have fresh bodies in every day. You know, I don't know if they're going to keep an eye on, on that and, and make it a uh, a situation where they have bed check again, but in a hotel or something. I, I don't know what they're going to do yet. Yeah, it's interesting that you, uh, you, you think about all those meetings because I think fans assume they're just on the field all day long, you know, running drills, figuring out plays. There's really much more to it than that. Yeah, yeah, it, a lot of meeting time, more, more than ever these days, and they have a great facility for that too because the technology is state-of-the-art, it's advanced, and you'd be amazed at what these players can learn with uh, with what they got put before them. You think there's something too? Obviously, Chicago loves the Bears. You know, nothing's going to change that. Is there a way by keeping them close to home during this time, uh, it, it may even gin up a little more excitement than normal ahead of the season, or or is it pretty much going to be the no. same again? We love the Bears. So, yeah, yeah. You know. I don't think the training camp part of it impacts that. There's going they're going to be the Bears fans are the Bears fans, and they're passionate and they are opinionated. And they they love the whole process of the season. You know, certainly when when the draft hits, everybody's excitement starts to go. Then the schedule comes out, and then you know you got the off season program, and that has become a big part of the NFL nowadays. And then you know, training camp is your chance to get them see them up close, and you'll still get to see that. How many, how it works, we'll find out in the spring when the Bears release all those details. But you know, this is a town they like to touch their stars, so they like to touch their athletes, and I don't mean that literally, but figuratively and and it's a very provincial town that way and that's the way it is with the bears and i think the mccaskey family george mccaskey as well really enjoyed that aspect thought it was really important for the fans to be 
up close and personal with the players and have the ability to meet them after practice and sign autographs. All those components will remain. It's just going to be, it's a different time and place. Training camp is a lot shorter. The preseason isn't. Preseason, they still do the work, but the training camp portion is a lot shorter. So why put in all that extra effort to go out somewhere when you get a perfect place to do it at Hallis Hall? Well, in that connection with the players, obviously games are wonderful, exciting, a lot of things going on, uh, but it is different. You, you don't necessarily feel that no. connection at a game. There's a lot of folks that just are able to go to training camp. They're not able to afford to go to the games, and they don't have the, the, the resources to do so or the connections to do so. I mean, I know many, many people travel from all over the country, in many cases the world, to come to training camp. And they love their photo ops, and they love their ability to, to try and get autographs. It is a big part of the football Americana. All right, Jeff Joniak, final question. Now, be totally honest. <laughs> Are you looking forward to sleeping in your own bed during <laughs> training camp? That is also yet to be determined. <laughs> right, that's, a, that's a long ride every day, so we'll wait and see. But I could do. put you up in a suite up there Listen, in you know, or, or, or WBBM. <laughs> let's, let's get it in the contract. I will say that uh, I... I do say that the the folks, whether it was Platteville when I first started back in 1985 covering the 85 Bears to my, my days at Bourbon A, they were wonderful hosts. They went out of their way to make it uh, a great and easy environment, but there's nothing like uh, avoiding a college dorm room to sleep uh, with cinder black walls and a an uncomfortable bed. How about that? It's, right. time, it's time to change. I'm too old for that. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Jeff Joniak. He's been the voice of the Bears on WBBM since 2001. Officials in Bourbonnais say something like 60,000 Bears fans traveled there last year for training camp, bringing around $1.8 million to the economy of Bourbonnais. That's just over a three-week training camp. What happens when that's gone? What happens when an NFL team leaves and changes training camp locations? The Bears were in Platteville from 1984 to 2001 at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. They were there 18 years, and that's when they left for Bourbonnais. What happened to Platteville? Let's talk to Kathy Kopp, Platteville Area Chamber of Commerce Executive Director. So how instrumental were you in what was going on in Platteville when the Bears were there all those years ago? I've been around for a while, and the Bears were here for 18 years. I was the director uh, of the chamber for the, their last eight years. So um, I was very involved with not necessarily the arrangements made at the camp that was done at the university, but throughout the community. And uh, we we did an, a tremendous amount of interfacing with the fans. So how big, when the Bears were there, how big of a deal were they both from an economic standpoint and also just from a branding standpoint where, where people were talking about Platteville? The Chicago Bear training camp put Platteville on the map. No doubt about it. And uh, we were absolutely thrilled every summer when they would come. The hotels would fill up. Um, you know, the restaurants were full. There was It was just a busy, busy place. And one of the most incredible takeaways that I have is how nice the fans were. We got to know a number of them quite well. We still have friends from Chicago that we met through training camp. So it was a very, very positive thing. Uh, definitely economics uh, way, it was, it was a real boon to us. You know, and they were here for 18 years. And the, the thing that uh, that's surprising, because when they broke camp here, their last summer was in 2001. 
We almost every year have visitors that pass through here saying, "Isn't do the Chicago Bears still practice here? Or we want to see where the Bears practiced when they were here. So it left a, what, what I kind of look at as a permanent etched history as part of our community because they, it was such a wow impact for the entire region, not just for Platteville, but southwest Wisconsin and Illinois, Iowa neighbors as well. So think back to that day, and it was uh, 18 years ago, but think back to that day when you find out the Bears are leaving, they're coming to Illinois, they're heading to Bourbonnais. Uh, what goes through your mind, and what kind of conversations are you having with people? Well, I, to be perfectly honest, it was extremely bittersweet. Um, we we understood that, you know, that, that they had to go, um, but they had so many personal ties here, um, both with the the folks that worked at the university that took care of their their meals, they took care of their um, you know their dry cleaning, they took care of so many different things, and all of a sudden we knew that that was going to be gone. And it was we did a, a a big fanfare farewell for them. We threw a big luncheon and hundreds of people, and and I think we surprised the the Bears owners and staff and coaches about how sentimental the Platteville community was about how they how they basically adopted the Bears during the summer when they were here for 18 years. So now we fast forward to uh, 18 years ahead of time. Now we're today. Platteville's mm-hmm. moved forward. Mm-hmm. You have uh, you know a couple of generations of residents who do not remember the Bears there. Uh, just right. talk about what's happened to those years since. There's still a buzz um, every time the you know the when the games come on. They still have the especially when the Bears play the Packers. Um, there's still a lot of very friendly rivalry there's a surprising number of chicago bear fans here um and uh people that are just really supportive and it's it's a friendly piece and um but i think our community is forever indebted to the bears coming to southwest wisconsin and coming to platteville that People still talk about it. They still they still talk about even the younger people have been told all the stories about, oh, yeah, when the bears were here, we used to see them downtown. They'd come into the restaurants. You'd be able to go to the, the training camp practices. And what separated you from the players was a very simple nylon rope. And it was not violated. I mean, it was the coolest memory and experience for people. And that that has been etched into our history. And I've, the stories that continue to be told are very heartwarming. I just can't say enough about the, the team, the players, the owners, the coaches. It was, it was an incredible, incredible experience for us. So it wasn't a situation where when the announcement's made, uh, everyone gets their Bears jerseys and burns them and, and it, you know, sort of say, no, forget you, there Bears. there was none of that. There were probably more tears and more sad faces than anything. Um, and I saw that firsthand with the the groups that I worked with when in, in the organizing of the, the months prior to the camp when the organizing um, took place where everybody was in their spot. We'd all know where, who was supposed to be doing what. And 
there was a wonderful camaraderie. And then when we heard that the, this was going to, 2001 would be their last camp, it was just like we were one sad bunch of Chicago Bear fans. So what sort of word would you say to the people in Bourbon A who just recently have learned that they are going to go through what Platteville went through 18 years ago? Hang in there. Um, the the thing that, the, and it's due to my length of time here, um, we we actually have posters that say, and I'm looking at one on my wall right now, it says Chicago Bears, forever part of Platteville's history. And Bourbon A is going to be able to say that from here until eternity. Um, they, the, the team being in their community for 18 years is significant. It's a huge part of the community's history. It's a huge part of the team's history. So uh, relish that. And the way I look at it is that we were just very, very fortunate to have them for 18 years. Earlier, we mentioned 60,000 Bears fans traveled to Bourbon A last year for training camp, bringing $1.8 million to the local economy. That, and maybe much more, is now headed to Lake Forest as the Bears hold training camp at Hallis Hall. Given the fact that it's much closer to Chicago, a lot more fans around here, maybe the economic impact will be even greater. Let's talk about it with Lake Forest Mayor George Pandeleon. What goes through your mind when you first find out that the Bears are going to make this change and you're going to be getting a a lot of Bears fans visiting Lake Forest? What went through my mind right away was this was just great news. Um, You know, Lake Forest is a town that's got a bunch of unique treasures and the Bears are one of them. And having more visibility for the community and bringing Bears fans in from all over the Midwest is, uh, is music to my ears. What have you been hearing from the business community? They are very excited about it, uh, particularly their immediate neighbors in the Conway Park area. They've been working closely with them, and uh, they're very enthusiastic. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's visibility for everyone. It is, it's a decent number of people, but for us, uh, you know, we have a number of much larger events every year. Uh, the BMW Championships that we've had three times in the last uh, decade – our you know peak at about forty thousand people on the peak day, and we've handled that. And you know we have a whole uh, protocol that our police and fire and uh, other city staff works through to accommodate the, the the visitors and make sure that they're treated properly and that they see the best of Lake Forest. We're while this will be a good sized crowd, it won't amount to to anything close uh, to uh, you know forty thousand people a day. So we think we can handle it. So what sorts of areas of the economy there in Lake Forest, what do you expect to benefit from this? Well, we would expect uh, the hotels to benefit. Um, You know, we don't have precise information from the Bears exactly, you know, what the profile of the visitors is likely to be. But uh, we would expect there'll be some people staying overnight. There will be there are a lot of players involved. And so they need places to stay. So that'll be good. And uh, we would hope that they come into downtown Lake Forest and our and our uh, and and the west side of Lake Forest, where we have lots of great retail and restaurants, and uh, partic- you know participate in the all the all the treasures Lake Forest has to offer. Yeah, you really want people to make a couple of days out of it, and and not just driving in, seeing some of the training camp, and then getting out of there. That's that's what we'd prefer. Uh, and I'm not uh, I've not actually been to the training camp partly because it's so far away 
or has been so far away. Um, but I understand there are some packages and things that they put together for certain fans that um, that are multi-day. And so uh, we, we're, depending on how far away those people are coming from, pretty likely that they'll be staying in the hotels. And the players are there for you know some weeks. And so uh, they, they will definitely need places to stay. Now, the fact that you talk about how far away a place like Bourbon A is, it's actually interesting to me in doing this. Because if you have a bunch of fans from the Chicago area who maybe said, nah, I'm not going to Bourbon A, but they do go to Lake Forest, it seems like that could create an environment where they show up for training camp, but then they come back in the fall, they come back in the spring, and and maybe they realize all you have to offer and they become repeat visitors. We would uh, like nothing better than that. We think we have an unbelievable community. The quality of life is extraordinary. The prices are reasonable. Our taxes are low. And uh, we would love to uh, welcome some of those visitors to to be permanent residents if they uh, if they're if they're taken with the community the way we all are. Yeah, maybe some fans call Lake Forest home, and the Bears certainly seem to have. They've been there a long time. It's just great news. The Bears have been you know fabulous neighbors. They've been in Lake Forest for forty five years. They're great part a great part of the community. They contribute a great deal to the life of the community and. Uh, we think it's wonderful. They've made they've made a big investment in their facilities to to expand them to accommodate this, and so that's all good for for the community. It's hope, you know, we hope it's going to be very good for the Bears, and it seems to me they should be able to attract. I, I don't know that they quite have figured out exactly how much uh, additional, uh, you know, how many additional spectators and fans they're going to attract by being so much closer to their base of of support, but it's. I would expect it'll be, you know, reasonably substantial increase, and it should be uh, great for the fans to be that much more, to have them that much more accessible. It may create an opportunity for a lot of fans to get to training camp who otherwise wouldn't be able to make a long drive. It's going to be exciting to have them close to home. Thanks for joining us for this week's in-depth podcast. Join us next week for our discussion on Great Lakes water levels. The latest forecast says Lake Michigan and Huron they'll both rise above record levels. And it's threatening houses, buildings, and shorelines all across the region. Be sure to subscribe to receive this free podcast every Wednesday. And, of course, listen anytime to the stories that matter by listening to WBBM on the Radio.com app or on your radio. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cody.